Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Passing Shot with Joel and Kim, sponsored by DownloadTennis.com. Today is the 23rd of March, and we are here to react to the news of Ash Barty's sudden retirement from the world of tennis. It's been a tumultuous day in the tennis world. Everyone, certainly in the UK, waking up to the news of Ash Barty, world number one in the women's game, retirement from tennis. But before we kind of get into that, and we're going to be talking about it at length in this episode, I do have a special guest with me. Kim is not available to do this sudden, uh, sudden episode. So I brought in Chris from the cold of Prague and the, the Billie Jean King Cup finals back onto the, the show to discuss the Ash Barty news with me. Chris, I know you've been itching to get back into Passing Shot HQ. How have you been? I'm doing well. Last time I was on was the Billie Jean King Cup, and all it took to get me back on was Ash Barty retiring. <laughs> I know it's been uh, it's, a lot has happened. A lot has happened since, but yeah, we forged our friendship at Billie Jean King Cup. Listeners, Chris is a massive Sloan Stevens fan, so he's been in the bit of the he's been in the doldrums. I mean, she won a title what few few several weeks ago. She did indeed for discovering her form so i mean you must be in a little bit of before we get on tash barty you must be in a little bit more of a, an optimistic mood i feel than the the last time uh, last time we spoke definitely last time she was well she lost to samson over and then Sloane is back back in the game post radicano australian open loss she won her title it might not have been pretty but she found a way to win very similar i think to you know <laughs> she should she should have she should have everything Sloane. i really think she should I won't hear a bad word said about her. <laughs> and listeners, yeah, Chris is a big WTA fan, Sloane Stevens. He introduced me to Danielle Collins. I wasn't mm. really sure what Danielle Collins was about, but then we went to Prague, we went to the Billie Jean King Cup, and I I sort of fell in love with with Danielle Collins and her just her, her attitude on court. And I just have I have you to thank for that. Mm. She's an icon. She's an icon. And I think I opened your eyes to her ad court serve out wide and yeah. I also think that since then in some ways I've been trying to take credit for her success by saying <laughs> I called it I called it there's been a few texts between us about that but I think that was a turning point um for you as well mm. Joel you know well exactly I'm you know you've driven my passion for for WTA tennis it's been a great time to I think just immerse yourself in a WTA tour i think that's been the same case to be honest for the last couple of years now and you know let's let's talk about one of the biggest names on the on the tour ash barty retiring from the world of tennis at 25 years old world number one wimbledon champion australian open champion she did a six minute video that she uploaded on her instagram talking to her best friend casey delacqua and 
yeah, it, it happened overnight for us. Funnily enough, I, I woke up at, at 3.30 a.m. and looked at my phone as you do and I saw the BBC News notification which happened literally kind of 15 20 minutes before and I as probably like many many of us was in a real state of shock and I couldn't really believe it I was messaging friends just you know not really sure what was not really sure what was happening yes we thought Ash Barty was on a bit of a break after the Australian Open but I certainly felt it was more of a you know rest and recuperate time as opposed to I'm thinking about ending my tennis career time. Yeah, I completely agree. I was very surprised. Um, I got a text from you this morning, which was just a question mark and an exclamation mark (laughs) and no context. So I assumed that you were actually talking about some of the Miami results and that you were up at 3am to watch um, Anisimova versus Shelby Rogers. You set your alarm. Um, In fact, it was something much, much bigger. And I think it was a shock. And I thought, and we talked about this previously, that maybe she was going to stay in Australia until the Fed Cup tie. Or I did not think there'd be a retirement um, news prior to that tie. You know, that could have been an interesting way to go out, potentially. Uh, I was pleased to see Casey in the interview. It's nice that uh, she was there because they had so many great achievements together. But it was definitely a shock for everyone. And as you say, like, it's transcended, you know, just the tennis fans. It's front page front page news and big news in terms of women in retirement and being able to do this and it's something that lots of people can connect to yeah definitely and I mean let's let's kind of hear some of the the quotes uh coming out of her interview you know she spoke about the fact that you know I know in my heart this is right I'm ready I'm grateful for everything that tennis has given me but I'm ready to step away chase other dreams and put the rackets down which that really kind of that first of all that statement really stood out for me because when she talked about chasing other dreams it felt like this was something that had been going on in her head for a, a while now and it felt really in the affirmative in the sense that she's she's got a plan here this is not just her you know spontaneously making this decision this is her thinking about what's the you know the next chapter you know of my life and you know I think what's so fascinating with someone like an Ash Barty is that she unlike I think a lot of (laughs) sports stars in particular she is very multi-talented you know we've we've seen her in the past play professional cricket she's got a very low handicap as well in golf she is just a very multi-talented person and you know you combine that I think with her you know passion for you know her country and being at home being you know with with her you know nearest and dearest particularly with her you know her family um you know there's certainly i think other things on her agenda other than just tennis and i think you know this is obviously i think part of her you know decision making and i find it fascinating because you know a lot of a lot of tennis players you i think you assume just you know are put in tennis from a very young age it's very very single minded and you know tennis you know, they're almost kind of programmed to feel like, you know, tennis is their life and you have to give absolutely everything for it in order even to just make it um, as, a, as a professional uh, player on the tour. But for Ash Barty, not necessarily the case. And, you know, she, you know, she started in tennis, went away from it because, you know, she wasn't in a particularly good mindset and uh, in, particularly with, uh, you know, her health, mental health. And I think Casey Delacqua actually convinced her to come back into the tennis world. But yeah, for her, 25 years old, that's that's enough for her. 
But is that true, Joel? I, I read somewhere recently that the goat that is Serena Williams mm-hmm. um, sent, sent her a text that also helped to encourage her okay. return after her okay. first retirement. So I think there were probably a few people that were obviously encouraging her, given how much talent she's yep. always shown, especially when she was a junior. She won junior Wimbledon. And I think a big question that I have was that had the pandemic not have happened, would would this be a different situation? Mm-hmm. I think it was very rare for a tennis player um, or even someone across different careers or different sporting careers to have that much time off. And I think it really kind of set the balance in terms of the thing that stood out for me from the interview was that she mentioned that happiness doesn't come from results anymore. And that was, if you listen to any of her um, interviews or press conferences when things haven't gone her way, that really does um, ring true. And I think that's something that's super healthy, that is something that we should be kind of not seeing it sad for tennis, but I think it's actually like a really um, a great thing, you know, to... How often do we get to celebrate someone's career as a talking point like this in a really positive light that she's talked about her dreams have all just come true. And it must be very overwhelming to go from Wimbledon, her ultimate dream, to the cherry on top being um, the Australian Open. And it's the only thing that made me question whether there might be a return, which I'm sure everyone will be thinking about, is that she said she'd never used the word retired before until the interview. So I'm not sure how she was talking to people in her team and her camp about it, putting the racket down, I'm guessing. I mean, she could pick it up again, couldn't she? Well, I mean, I mean, she could, but I guess maybe it's the challenge of taking up new things. Like I know that in lockdown, she became very good at golf. I've seen a clip where she did a better, she made, um, she made the green and Tiger Woods didn't at an exhibition. Yep. So I think, as you said, she's multi-talented and maybe she'll go on to do that. But I think it's... Um, it is something that is a it's a big shame for tennis, absolutely. But she seemed genuinely really happy about the whole thing. But the fact she hasn't said retired makes me think: is there more to come? Yeah, it's 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 funny because you know she described the feeling of being absolutely spent and you know having nothing more to give. And you know, for me, I think yeah, certainly the pandemic. I think changed her outlook. You know, there were time. You know, there was that time where. You know, she had to leave Australia, go to the tour, uh, you know, in the United States and Europe with Australia under lots of restrictions and full well knowing that when she was flying out, she wasn't going to be flying back anytime soon. And I think that must have had, you know, a big impact and a, a big influence on her perspective. And as you said, you couple that with, you know, what has happened with you know her achievements with with her grand slams you know she has said quite candidly that you know it has changed her perspective and i almost like to think you know with winning the australian open given it was i think 44 years since the last australian man or woman won a singles title to be the first home player to do that in 44 years as you said was the you know the cherry on top and i i think if that hadn't happened, if Danielle Collins, for example, had won that final, I wonder if, you know, again, she would have had that, you know, drive and energy to go, you know, to go again. I saw those tweets, though. I saw those tweets that said that. If Danielle Collins had got, you know, there's a few <laughs> points here and there. And I think that the thing that she did say is that she's been thinking about it for a while, even mm. around the time of Wimbledon. And I think, imagine knowing that you might be 
like hanging up your racket and the fact that she still had some of her best results in that period when you could feel so much more pressure, you know, when people think it's my final chance. Serena Williams, for example, a lot of talk every time um, she plays a Grand Slam is that she's chasing that sort of number or that last thing before maybe people think she might retire. And I think it's um, it's so impressive, the mindset. Do you think Ash Barty could have got into a situation? I mean, she was, I think, 11-0 and 0 this season. Her last defeat was, I think, to Shelby Rogers, actually, back in, uh, you know, Flushing Meadow. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I mean, do you think there was, a, you know, in her head, do you think it would have come across to her that actually at the moment tennis is a bit, Tennis is almost a little bit easy for me. I'm so I'm so talented that arguably this is you know I've I've done it. I've I've completed it. No, yes, I have not won all four Grand Slams, but you know, in my book, in terms of my achievements, winning my absolute favorite you know Grand Slam growing up Wimbledon, and then doing the business at um, you know at my home Slam as well. And and doing it so you know ruthlessly and, and comprehensively. I remember you know when, just going through that tournament, she was just racking up set after set, minimal time spent on court. Um, it was really really kind of ruthless. And mm. you know, do you think do you think the fact that it was maybe so easy, it, it just maybe again just suggested to her that it it was I've done it, I've I've completed it, I have I have beaten tennis. It's almost like she went through all the levels <laughs> she, and then it's game over. You completed the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think she's always been and I've always thought of her as by far the best player on the tour. Um, obviously, that Serena Williams dependent on, you know, how the form. But I think in terms of the, the skill set of that players that play regularly on the tour, she is head and shoulders above the rest. And you see some of her results and obviously she's achieved a lot. But you think, how could some of these players you know, who have beaten her. For example, this is no disrespect to Shelby Rogers, who's, when she's on a big stage, fired up, she plays some amazing tennis. But Ash Barty has got every shot in the book in her arsenal. She's um, She's got the phenomenal serve. She's got the slice. She's got the variety. She's got the ground strokes. And she's got a fantastic tennis IQ. So I think genuinely, it's almost must be hard when you know how well you can play and you know that you can win matches when you don't even have to play that well. And she is the most dominant number one that we've had for quite a while. Because in the run up to, you know, Ash Barty's dominance, obviously we did have Naomi Osaka, who had playing fantastic tennis, winning multiple Grand Slams, like back to back. But I think she is kind of, the, a lot of people said, the, the world number one that WTA tennis needed. She was able to hold that, type, uh, hold that crown for, I think it was the fourth longest consecutive run which is phenomenal considering the shortness of the career compared to some of the other um, world number ones who like Martina Navratilova was right up there as well, obviously. And it's, um, it's something where I do think potentially the challenge wasn't there. The motivation is almost Ash versus Ash. And she always says Ash's rules, but she does, she's head and shoulders above in many ways. So, you know, the person that she has to satisfy is herself. And if she is satisfied with what she's done on the court, then that is level up, game over in many ways. Yeah, and I think it's funny you say that because uh, you know, I think we obviously aren't Ash Barty, and Ash Barty is a player who likes to, you know, do it her own way, and and she's mm. done this. You know, she t- spoke about it in her, um, you know, her retirement's video. This is she wants to do it her, you know, her way, and she feels like her way 
is retiring at you know 25 years old and she gets that you know some people you know aren't going to understand and, and get that and I think it's interesting you spoke about you know Naomi Osaka and you know obviously the the struggles that I think she's you know going through at the moment we saw that uh you know in the in, in Indian Wells where you know she got heckled by a fan and mm. it feels like at the moment she is still a bit mentally fragile she is in my in my feeling is is struggling on yes you know she's can play a really good uh, game of tennis when when she wants to um but there is still that frailty that kind of exists there and you know if you compare that i think to you know ash barty who i think has been you know more relaxed and you know a little bit more carefree with you know how she i think goes about herself on the court but i feel like she certainly feels like she has the confidence to take time off in terms of right i'm just gonna take a break from tennis and for that for me that's a, a retirement and to see kind of where i think naomi osaka is at the moment i think she will you know i've actually i think got a bit more respect for her in the sense that you know she she is trying to persevere through you know compared i think I, well i just think compared to kind of you know what what she could do and i think it, it's mm. an interesting it's an interesting kind of parallel going on there between yeah. Yeah, how Ash Barty, I think, has sort of put a pause on it, whereas Naomi Osaka, I think, is just obviously continuing through. I think it's a really interesting point, and I think it's something that I kind of mentioned already in terms of the happiness doesn't come from the results. She's mm. not chasing results. I think for her, and it sounds like from everything, every interview I've ever heard of her from her, that she's very much a case where if she isn't happy, then and she's not often happy when she's necessarily away from her family and her team. Um, it's really hard for her to compete, Ash Bartu. And I think that it comes from, a lot of it does come from being, you know, a homebody in, in many, many ways. And um, with the parallels with Naomi, it's something that is about making the right decision for for you. Um, and I think this feels like for Ash Barty, there's, there's no doubt in her mind this is the right decision for her. She's She's done that section of her life for now. Um, and I think that's something that's really, I'm really admirable um, because it is putting yourself first. I think with Naomi, I really do, uh, I do feel for her an awful lot. I think the whole thing that went down in Paris was obviously very difficult and it came from a place of wanting to put her kind of herself first and make the right decision for herself, which ended up causing a much bigger media storm, which actually has put more pressure on her every move especially now that the results aren't coming as naturally as they did previously do I have no doubt that she'll be back at the top of the game but when you see defeats like she had to Nisimova in um Australia and you see the camera footage from behind the scenes which they now show as part of the coverage um it was clear that it was absolutely devastating to her um and it felt like it was something bigger than just the loss it was kind of the expectation and I think that that's something where Ash Barty's kind of taking control of that, you know? People were asking how many more will she win? And she's saying, actually, this is enough for me. And I think with Naomi, it's very difficult because um, it's hard to make the right decision if she is to step away from tennis for a bit. Then that's something that um, it might benefit the tennis, you know? There's talk of her, you know, having breaks, but she hasn't necessarily had the sort of break that Ash Barty did from a tennis perspective in 2014, for example, because that's something else that we should probably talk about in terms of this isn't the first time she did say in the interview to Casey, right. it's not the first time she's retired. She did retire when she was very young back in 2014. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, she is not afraid, I think, to, as you said, put herself first. And that is really, I think, you know, something we've seen, I think, throughout her career. And I think it goes back to that original point you make around, like, if you separate kind of performance and results and don't base your happiness and well-being on that, it takes, I think, one big complexity away from the sport. And actually, it enables you, I think, to have that really positive mindset that I think we associate with Barty in terms of having that relaxed attitude um, that's sort of carefree, but, you know, is can be very, you know, she's still a very, I think, competitive, you know, player at the end of the day. I'd say also, Zelda, the, the thing that comes out in her interview is that, you know, that we do all now, you can play Barty bingo in terms of what things you might <laughs> say at the end of her interviews. But I, I like, for example, she'll, reference herself in the third person she'll talk about the joy of competing and the challenge of facing other girls on the side of the net and there are certain things she always says and it's clear that she has got lots of support and she does have a really great framework for thinking about the job that she does you know and I think that really does kind of stand out that it's a bit like content a similar thing some of the language that she'd use would be people in the media for example might want to paint this out as that she's you know, stepping away at the wrong time or she's running away from tennis or, you know, when there are bad results. And Conta would always kind of want to take that narrative over to herself and mm, say that yeah, she did her yeah. best on the court that day and that that was the line. And I think there's a lot to be said for that in terms of taking that that approach with this. But I think bringing into the conversation, you know, Ash is 25. We have Murray, who's, I believe, is he 34 turning 35? Yep, yep. And that's a very different story in yeah. terms of I mean or even older than Andy Murray we've got you know Serena Williams Roger Federer still active active players and I think you know I think the one shame I think for me and probably for other you know other listeners and other other tennis fans is that you know this potentially means we won't know how truly great you know in the context of tennis how great Ash Barty could have been because you know she's ultimately put you know stop on her career she's put a stop on potential grand slams to her name in the future she's obviously missing the you know the US Open from you know from completing the the set but you know I think it it just again shows you I think there's you know you're getting these 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 breed of tennis players I think we've been used to for so long that have decided to you know they want to share their their gift of tennis for as long as humanly possible and I think we're you know we still see that consistently on the tour um you know specifically at the start of this season with someone like uh you know Rafa on the Dow but there are those instances with Ash Barty uh you know we spoke about Justine Enan in the past Bjorn Borg as well also retired you know in his in his uh you know mid mid 20s and there are examples of going against the grain of that of players who they've reached the top and they you know they go out they go out at the top and yeah I know Justine Enan in Justine and I know was on a, I think on a losing streak once, um, you know, when she did announce her retirement. But certainly for Ash Barty being, you know, eleven and zero in the start of the season, being the current Grand Slam champion of the Australian Open and Wimbledon, it's just another way I think you can can go about it. But certainly I think it will f- make people feel kind of almost like cheated. I feel in the sense that they just won't really know how you know, how, how much she, you know, have had to give to tennis. And I've seen on Twitter, a lot of people talking about Margaret Court Arena, renaming it to, 
the the Ash Barty Arena. And uh, yeah, I totally, I, obviously, I would absolutely love to see that, and that would be a great kind of legacy to tennis. But uh, you know, at the same time, I am kind of a bit like I feel like you're going to need to have more than what three grand three grand slams in order to kind of warrant having a you know a state a stadium named after you. Well, that is quite the statement, Joel. I know, I, think, I know. I do I want think... it to be ta- just to clarify. Do want it to be taken away from Mar- like from Margaret Court? I, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily agree with with her views, and I don't think they are in line with you know the look that that tennis wants to give. But at the moment, I'm a bit. I'm still with Ooh. with Ash Barty in the sense that uh, apprehensive of of her name being a- applied to it because yeah, I just think that there is so much. I just feel like there's so much more left that that could that could have been given. Yeah, I do. I do know what you mean. And I think that it does come down to how do we measure success? You know, is it titles? Mm, true, um, true. I think that's, I mean, that some of the tennis diehard fans. Maybe we shouldn't the- be, maybe we shouldn't be measuring success by, by titles. Maybe Ash Barty is, is a reason to, to not measure success by titles. It could be you measure success by the win percentage records. Cause some of those numbers are super impressive when you look at, like Navratilova in her career, and that's obviously she had an awful lot of titles as well. But or the number of times she bamboozles her opponents with backhand slice. Yeah, I think some of those highlights where a backhand slice down the line. That, <laughs> you know, it's going to be what, the one shot I'm going to miss the most. I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think. Um, I think I, it is the the variety that that's. I think the slice as well actually. But I think the point that you made about kind of naming the stadium that moment. Um, where Yvonne Gulagong Cawley was there to give the trophy. Ash Barty did it in front of all of her home crowd. I think that is a, a very special sporting moment. And I think whether it's like a statue of her there or something, I think it's um, that moment, someone who's so university like liked and has done so much and what I'm sure will continue to do so much for so many people. I think um, the nature of her character, as opposed to um, the current um namesake i think it's um something that does warrant um kind of remembrance in that sort of way but i would say on the on the i've seen a lot of negative comments from lots of people and i think there's a big sense of entitlement when it comes to um some of the tennis fandom in terms of being robbed of getting to see this or you're 25 go back pick up that racket and keep playing and i think it's something that it comes with like the 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 big players too you know there's this entitlement that is around their achievements and um, how much more we want for them and I think it's we don't always put them first when it comes to this sort of stuff as well so I think well I mean what do you think about how the, you know the players are thinking on the tour yes we're seeing kind of an outpouring of you know emotion you know from players in terms of you know tweet you know tweeting their you know their very best for for Ash Barty but you know come the Grand Slams in the immediate future do you feel like these will be almost tainted a little bit by the fact that the Ash Barty isn't there because you know she on her day is a player that can play very very good tennis on regardless of of court surface mm. um do you think yeah. like there is it's going to feel a little bit I don't want to say hollow because like, winning a Grand Slam is just an incredible achievement winning, winning seven matches in a row at that level but given Ash Barty isn't there as the you know the world number one does that hollow the would that hollow the victory do you think well, I think it's a bit of the same situation, but a very different situation. Ash Barty is an unproblematic um, world number one, and obviously there's more of a problematic um, label attached to Djokovic. Mm. And I think that it's a case where you know when 
Djokovic isn't playing a tournament at the moment um, and Nadal is obviously having phenomenal success. I think it does um, ask the question. I think watching Nadal this year is one of my favourite sporting stories. I think it's phenomenal. But it does beg the question that, you know, in terms of dominance, Ash Barty in this last sort of year and Novak Djokovic, it is relatively, you can draw parallels. So I do Mm. think that it definitely, if I was a, one of the top players, which I'm obviously not, I'd be thinking um, this is a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of tennis achievement, it's we're in a world where not everyone can play all of the tournaments, the pandemic, vaccination status. Yeah. It's a bit more normal or kind of disqualification. Take um, the pandemic US Open, which team obviously won and Djokovic obviously disqualified from, you know. Did that have those same questions? It, it did, but... I think that was it does not going to have an asterisk next to it. No, it won't. Absolutely. And I think it's actually a great opportunity, I think, for, you know, some great new talent to come through. But we never got a Radicanu Barty match, right? No. And I don't think we ever got a Barty Osaka match. And I think. Again, we did this... get Barty Osaka. That was what I think. Well, we we didn't. We haven't. We didn't get a fully proper, I think, fleshed out Barty Osaka rivalry. I am sad about that. And and I think I think again, this is what for me is slightly almost like frustrating in terms of yes, you know, Ash Barty has been you know imperious on a on a tennis court when she, you know, has turned up to you know to you know to tournaments and to grand slams. But we're not I don't feel like gonna remember her in terms of her, you know, rivalries that she's had with with certain players. And I think in particular with Osaka, that you know, that hasn't we thought that might materialise, it hasn't. Iga Sviontek seems to be coming into a real purple patch in terms of her, um, you know, almost domination of the, the WTA tour at the moment. Um, mm. Again, that is another rivalry that doesn't look like it's going to, you know, to flourish either. And um, again, it's a bit frustrating, I think, with, you know, the WTA tour and I guess how it is presented to fans in the future that we've been, yeah, a little bit sort of, we're not, we're not going to have those rivalries, I think, to, to look, to look forward to, I think, in the, in the future, because Barty Osaka on a, on a hard court, Barty Sviontek as, as well would have been, you know, really great, I think, compelling rivalries that would have brought in people from outside of tennis, um, into the, into the women's game. And, you know, without Ash Barty there, without, you know, some of these cornerstones of these potential rivalries, it might be harder in the future for the WTA to potentially attract new fans. I, you know, I understand that there's an amazing strength in depth at the moment in in the quality of the tennis game, but at, at the same time, at the right here, right now, it doesn't feel like we've got many, many kind of bona fide stars. We've got kind of people in that transition and, and breaking out, like you know, Radicani or uh, Leila Annie Fernandez, but. It feels like the only feels like the only heir apparent at the moment to Ash Barty is is Iga Sviontek, and that really has only come out of nowhere. I think at the you know the start of this season. I think that is that is a really good point and a good talking point is that there hasn't been those rivalries of late. Mm. It tends to be phenomenal slams and slam performances pulled together by yeah. individuals, and Ash Barty yeah. was and upsets and surprise yeah. and surprise stories, yeah. Great depth in the field, but I think it's like Ash Barty was almost the the consistency, mm. like the glue of the WTA tour in that sense. And I think I also remember this exact thing, thinking how exciting. I think it was going from twenty, was it twenty nineteen to twenty twenty or twenty eighteen 
tour finals in 2019. I think, yeah, the China swing, then heading into the tour finals. And that was Sloan was playing her best tennis. At that point, she was playing fantastically. Um, Ash was playing amazingly. And so was Osaka. And we had, that's when we had some of those Osaka Barty matches. And that was quite something, you know, the big hitting versus the variety of Ash Barty. And I thought they were phenomenal encounters and watched some of those highlights quite regularly. Um, they did play four times. It was 2-2. Um, and that was something that uh, I did bring some preparation for this, Joel. I have a, a question for you to put you on the Ooh, spot. Okay. Um, I, you warned me about this. I was a bit worried where this was going to be, but okay. I think you'll be fine. But on the subject of head-to-heads, okay. I was going to ask you if you could name um, any players, active players or non-active. I'll give you that who have a winning record against Ash Barty. Oh, that's a very good question. I'll give you a clue. There aren't that many. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it sound even more difficult. Um, it is quite difficult. If you can I, get one, I'll be happy. You should definitely get one. I'm going to say Simona Hallett. That is a great answer. She has a 3-1 head-to-head. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes, I surprised. Not gonna lie, I surprised myself with that answer. I definitely couldn't give you. I definitely couldn't give you any more. Uh, Simona Hallett. Is is Sloane Stevens one of them? No. Sloane Stevens is one of them. Oh right. Okay. Well. Okay. I'm gonna quit while I'm ahead there. Two, okay, two quit for when two. you're ahead. Should two I tell you two. some of the other ones? Okay, go for it. Um, she has the well. Wozniacki has the best head-to-head record with three wins to zero losses against Ash, and Svitolina is also up five-three. And the other curveballs, which I didn't quite think you were going to mention, were Sevastova, Kirilenko, and Roberta Vinci. <laughs> wow, Roberta Vinci! Wow, yeah, what a, that's yeah, a quite surprise. Yeah, I mean, just just talking about Ash Barty's performances. I mean, any any highlights for you in terms of you know what she has achieved in a you know in her career so far. Um, what what's what stands what stands out for you because i feel like there's a lot of angles you could approach this from in terms of you know her success at grand slams but also i feel like her identity and the brand that she's she's brought to the tour i think is also a i feel like a good legacy i think that she has brought to the yeah the wta tour i think there are some really interesting turning points in matches because she's always someone who's had so much talent and she until the roland garros victory she'd never quite sort of gone um fulfilled that necessarily in a in a title or result in the tennis game she had she always had so I think there are some matches like I think the the semi-final where she was five love up against Anissa Mover in that first set and then she lost that set and then she came back to win I think there were those sort of turning points where I think it's almost like um moments that you know if that hadn't gone her way you know if she hadn't got that Roland Garros under her belt which it would have been a very different story so I think that's a, a big match. I think really was kind of like a big turning mm. point because in the final, then she had no problems. But I honestly think that, you know, the Wimbledon victory, um, mm. I thought was just amazing. Um, and that was like hearing someone talk so openly about the fact that, you know, this was everything that I ever wanted. And then yeah, going from I know. To Australia, I mean, Australia, I'm not an emotional person. And that was super powerful. Like the fact that the whole of a country and obviously maybe it's because of Murray that we can resonate with that so much you know Mm. it was just overwhelmingly um a positive story which you feel for Danielle Collins because no one wanted to do badly but 
you know, that story, people wanted to hit send on that story, that headline, but amazing achievements, all three of those. Yeah, certainly for me, I think the Australian Open, uh, you know, her home slam for me, I think actually overshadows, yes, I think it was more of her personal goal to win Wimbledon, which she did back in, in 2021. But certainly this season for me, I think has really kind of crowned, yeah, her almost her, her career really. And again, there's not many players who, you know, who go out on the top. There's not many players who their last match was, you know, winning a Grand Slam final. I think the last person to do that was Pete Sampras. Great knowledge. Pete Sampras at the US Open. And I think he retired, I think, what's eight, ten months later, I think. He was in his 30s, though, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think for me, that was, yeah, very, very memorable and especially given I feel like the, you know the the struggles we've been through as British tennis fans with yeah. Andy Murray, Tim Hebbard, etc. You know, it, I think as you said it makes us really I kind of appreciate that. I think just that little bit more. But yeah, she obviously brings a lot more than just just results. And you know, she's a very humble champion as well, I think. And she's always, I think, quick to talk about her team and, you know, how she has we. great support around her yeah it's, it's very much a we kind of situation for her and you know I think that goes down to you know Craig Tizer her coach um who has done obviously a fantastic job and I think particularly with that that men you know that mentality that she has she, she's just a she is just a, a different breed and it's it must be amazing to work with an individual who is so like so so talented but so so down to earth and relaxed at the same time and it it feels like that combination of of things means that you can play great tennis on the court and you can when you are in those pressure situations you know you know naturally you just know how to kind of deal with them and hey if they even if they don't come off you've got the you know the the view to look at it as if you know it's not going to affect your you know your mental health your your attitude and i think that's what's you know, that's what's so amazing about Ash Barty in that I don't feel like we see that a lot from from other you know other players and it might it might be her legacy it might be something that we see future players adopt um and it's something I would like to see because as I said it, it would be a shame I think to I think it would be a shame just to kind of move on and just focus on the post Ash Barty era I hope there is some sort of we see some sort of echo or, or resonance that that happens, um, yeah. As we as we go forward, that's such a, that's so interesting because I think that kind of lends itself back to sort of the Osaka comment that we made earlier. Because I think I almost feel like the way that Ash Barty talks is that she's hanging out with her best mates and her best mates are a team, mm. and a byproduct of that is she's the best tennis player in the world. You know that each day, you know what I mean. It's almost like she has such a great time with her team, and they obviously bring her so much joy. And the thing that they happen to do that makes them have a great time, and the reason they're all together is because of tennis, and she happens to be amazing at it. And then they almost, they tour the world, and it's the time she has with them that she, like, values the most, as opposed to the time. She's almost not, in many ways, I received a text from a friend of the, well, fan of the podcast, um, my auntie, who said (laughs) that she's... Uh, she's not addicted to tennis. And I think she, there is a thing of, you know, she's not addicted to that feeling the same way that, you know, some of the players that can play longer are or play when they might not be getting the results they should be. It's, she loves 
the setup with her team and the she's naturally she's just having a laugh she's just just having a laugh yeah yeah and it's funny because i remember um i can't remember which grand slam it was but you know she i think she's very open about the fact that you know if if she wins a match and she's got to play her you know her next opponent she's not going on she's she i think she's speaking about how um she's not going to go watch their their matches she's just gonna take it as they as it comes and yeah she's yeah. Not got this sort of forensic brain of like i must watch them on yeah. you know, youtube highlights forever and ever to to understand and again i think that's a great testament to you know how she operates and how you know how her tennis brain specifically i think operates in terms of yeah just being able to you know work it out during work it out during the matches if it's not going straight straight away she loves the challenge exactly she knows what she knows what to do and i think having that reactive element um i think is comes with you know really great champions i think we saw it i think we saw it in uh you know in indian wells with with rafa in terms of how he was he was battling through kind of those you know three set victories against um you know kirios and in particular i think alcaraz in that that semi-final so yeah, I think for me that is again just another a reason I think to be a little bit sad that you know we're not going to see yeah. Ash Barty on a tennis court anytime soon. I mean, Chris, just to just to wrap up thoughts on on Barty going forward. I mean, where where do you see where do you see her next her next steps? Like, I know I know every, I think it's a bit unfair for us to be immediately jumping to. So when are you going to return? What what actually do you think is on you know on her cards i mean it sounds like she's she's i feel like she's teased it out in in that you know casey delacqua interview by saying you know there are you know new dreams uh and new goals i sort of want to focus on chase other dreams what what do you think those dreams are well um i have not been in close personal contact with ash Barty, so i'm not 100 percent sure and apparently casey didn't even know about the retirement which i don't believe personally um but i think no i think it's a great way to kind of segue onto that because we're talking about the fact that she does love the challenge. She does love to problem solve. And that's why she's kind of lent um, her hand to so many different sports and done so well. So I don't think she's someone that can um, not have that in her life or to challenge herself in different aspects. So she's only going to be able to chill so long before she gets the itch to potentially do something else. I mean, I, you know, it could be, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if she goes after another, professional sport i mean we've seen it with cricket we've seen it with I'll tennis go, i'll go pole vaulting i'm gonna say she's Ooh, gonna be pole a pole vaulting, vaulting champion Ooh. well i feel like golf is the most obvious oh, no. she likes team sports she said right she loves a team sport <laughs> like when she played for well, brisbane was... oh very good shout maybe um so but yeah i said netball no <laughs> i mean we will i mean we'll have to wait and see i think we what will do you think, Joel? well i've I think given the I given her her nature I feel like as I said I feel like she's going to have the itch and be proactive mm. again the way she phrased chase other dreams suggests to me that she's not going to be chase, sitting good, around yeah, she's not going to be word. sitting around yeah. for for too long and I don't I you know I could be completely wrong and uh you know maybe I'll I'll look a bit silly in a few months time when she announces she's pregnant or something but I don't think I don't I don't see her kind of you know this is a break for her to 
to necessarily have kids based on as i said based on what she says i feel like she's going to get back out there but just do just do another thing and you know she's been afforded that by you know the fact that she's got time on her side at you know 25 years old she's coming into you know the the peak of her as an as an athlete and you know she can now apply her talent to something completely new she did say though didn't she that she the end of ash barty the athlete I think she did say so. Maybe we're on. We're barking mm, up the wrong okay, tree. Okay, okay. Well, maybe she is going to a family. Maybe she will. That's go what into I was just thinking. Situation. It might be, but I think. Um, right, I'm going to put you on the spot. Will we see Ash Barty make a professional tennis comeback in the future? Back on a tennis court? Yes or no? Yes. I think no. Oh, I think. So. I think she doesn't. I again, we're not Ash. We're not Ash Barty. We're not mind readers, but I. I think I think she might realise what she misses the most. Uh, you know, it's hard to know, isn't it? And it's, and it's it. hard to know once exactly. Mm. It's hard to know, you know, once you're in that situation. And I, you know, we've seen, you know, she's got a long, long time ahead of ahead of her. And um, I, I hope we do see her just generally back on the tennis court, whether that's in a ceremonial position or an exhibition. Uh, you know, closer to home, Maybe whatever, whatever it might be. Actually, she won't. She won't travel. That's a bad point again. Yeah, That's definitely not right. But I think we're agreed that whatever she does, and whatever she has, she'll done be the, the number past, one at it. She will be the number one at it. She's <laughs> tiddlywinks. <Yeah>. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I, I agree, and uh, yeah, I think that's probably a really good note to end on. Whatever she, whatever. Whatever Ash Barty does next, we wish her all all the best from Barcelona HQ. You know, she's a great, great athlete. Um, and it's been great for us to kind of be along for the ride, watching her compete on the tour at Grand Slams, making history, world number one. It's been fantastic. And yeah, Ash, <laughs> we look forward to seeing what you're, what you're going to be up to in the future. But in the meantime, we do have the Miami Open going on and uh, we will be back it will be me and kim back in uh back at passing shot hq next tuesday for our miami open mid tournament catch-up listeners remember to subscribe to the passing shot on whatever device you listen to us on to make sure you stay up to date on all the action on the atp and wta tours we're on apple Podcasts, spotify and all good podcasting platforms out there you can also listen to us on the downloadtennis.com app and if you like what you're hearing then make sure to leave us a rating and comment on apple podcasts or spotify and don't forget to follow us on social media and email the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's at PassingShotPod. Email the show at PassingShotPod at gmail.com or check out the website, www.thepassingshot.co.uk. And we will be back next Tuesday, me and Kim at PassingShot HQ for a mid-tournament Miami Open catch-up. So I hope you can join us for that. But in the meantime, it's goodbye from Chris. Goodbye. <laughs> it's been great having you on and it's uh it's goodbye from me uh, i hope you've enjoyed this episode and uh we will see you again soon